Hey there, and thanks for joining us for The Weekly Grind, a podcast where we work out the topics that shape and influence the culture, community, and church of today from a biblical perspective. I'm Ben, here with my pastor and good friend Chip. He's a lead pastor and I'm the worship pastor at the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. In today's episode, we wanted to share with you the core values of NAPNAS. And core values are simply the fundamental beliefs of a person or organization. And why do persons or organizations have core values? Because core values help companies to determine if they're on the right track, the right path for fulfilling their goals and creating an unwavering guide. So here we go. Doing well today? Yeah, doing good. Podcast episode. Got my voice back. Number two, got your voice back. Been gone for about a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of delayed this a little bit, but this week, episode two, last week we talked about doing a new thing and revisiting the first of the year, also talking about some of the things that we're working out in our own lives and, and stretching ourselves with this podcast and doing a new thing here and, and constantly what is God wanting, wanting to do in us, through us. Today, we're touching on core values. We have these up on our walls. They're Worship Connect Serve. Um, you may see them from time to time. They're on our website. They're all over the place, right? I hope you see them. Uh, hopefully. hopefully. If you're we... not seeing them, then you might need to head to the uh, yeah. eye doctor because we brand them everywhere because they are core to who we are. Yeah. Right? But, but these core values, all they do on the wall is simply say what we believe. It's not an act of how we live those out. And so, you know, one of the, th- one of the organizations, and I, I, we'll see if you can guess who this is. I want to share this with you. So guess this organization. They, uh, the core values were reinforced at every meeting. They hung banners throughout their offices. They had a code of ethics. Their core values were communication, respect, integrity, and excellence. And that sounds like core values that would uh, create a, a thriving uh, corporate environment. Communication, yeah. which is so important in everything mm-hmm. we do. Respect. Yeah. Integrity. Talking about character. <laughs> and excellence. Being the best version of yourself and constantly growing in that. I would say I would want to be a part of that company. Well, you don't want to be because that was Enron, Ooh. which is the company that is synonymous with corporate greed, with unethical behavior. Yeah. And it's just amazing to me how, how important it is that we actually live out the things that we believe yeah. rather than just look at them on the wall. The only excellent thing they did was they frauded people pretty well for a while. Yeah, they did a good job of that. They deceived people. <laughs> that was their excellent. Yeah. So I want to. So yeah. One final thought on that: a statement of shared values, no matter how inspiring, does not make a healthy culture. Yep. That's from the book "Canoeing the Mountains" that we're reading. But I just thought that was so fitting today for this podcast, as we talked about our core values, because so much of it is applicable to church life. We say we believe these things. How are we living them out? Yeah, it's important to keep those in front of you, um, to have something that brings you back to who am I? What am I trying to do? Right. But if we find find ourselves in a place where 
because they're on the wall, that's good enough. Yeah. Uh, we can really, we can become like Enron. Yeah. Um, put up a good front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yet make that the reason why we can begin to justify um, not uh, continuing to be the best version of ourselves we're supposed to be. Right. You know, I, I think that right. happens with uh, church and yeah. religion so often. I go to church. Now, whatever's being said there, whatever's trying to be accomplished, yeah, um, it's good enough that I went. Yeah. No, the idea is you're going so that you interact with that, right. so that it becomes applied to your life. Yeah, that's right. To go out, yeah. it can be a line where you. Uh, great to have that in front of you, but understand that it's there right. to continue to lead you, right. not to just be hey. Uh, it's good here's, enough to here's have it. Three good words that we like, and here's some some cool things. Yep, but that's as a church, I think it's pretty easy for us to define core values because we just simply need to turn to scripture and really turn to what Jesus said and yep. talked about. And so our core values, as I already stated, worship, connect, serve. Those three values encompass both the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. To love God, to love others, and the great commandment of to make disciples. Yeah. And so so for us, it's it's easy. The hard part is living it out. That's right. Right? And building those disciplines in. That's right. I think, um, too, understanding uh, what Jesus was trying to communicate is important. Um, there's so much in the Word that it can be overwhelming, Right? Where do I start? Absolutely. Where do I begin? And that's what I have a lot of people say to me. What's the most important thing? What's not? What's, What's the, how do we how do we navigate through? Yeah, ESPN, the bottom line, right? Yeah. We read the ticker. What happened? What was the result? Yeah. Every game has a lot of different components to it, but at the end of the day, it's boiled down to they had seven runs, we had four. That's the result. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus does a great job of boiling down the whole understanding of what the Old Testament was trying to communicate and what he's about and what he's calling us to as his people when he gives us the the great commandment and essentially love God and love others. I love the fact that it begins with the word love. Yeah. Um, So many people look at the scriptures at God and love is not the word that comes to mind. And yet he, he who is love calls us into a loving relationship with him, but to to then also live on the continuum of love for our whole life. It creates the base for what we're doing, because as Wesley would say, uh, and as you can see, I have Wesley here with us today. He's up there watching this. (laughs) I want to hit his nose and uh, ask him to give me some wisdom, but um, Wesley would say that God's commands are actually God's promises. He doesn't ask of something of us that he is not going to help us get to and actually bring great blessing in. So true. And so loving God and loving others creates this lifestyle that is exactly how God intended. And he's uh, he's saying, listen, if you will allow yourself to follow my ways, you will experience this life of love. And so... Loving God, the call to love God and then to love others is really a a promise to us of a life that is fulfilling and purpose-filled. 
And um, I remember, if you think through the Old Testament, God calls his people out, and it's it's kind of a strange dynamic. Um, he calls them to do a lot of different things, right? And, but they're all prefaced with the idea of creating a community where people truly care, respect, and love one another. And in yeah. that, the world around is moved by that. It's very apparent that something is going on with these people that's different. Yeah, It's not get ahead, dog eat dog, push somebody down, run somebody over. Right. It's I care about the community. I want to live in a healthy, vibrant, life-giving community where everybody has value and everybody has a role and everybody finds fulfillment. And so his commands create that kind of environment, right? And, and out of that, he says, listen, if you will love me and love one another, you will find tremendous blessing and fulfillment, and the world around you will see who I am, and you will be able to proclaim my love through your lifestyle and then your proclamation. And mm-hmm. I see in, in the church, again, um, our call to adopt this is at the center of who we are, worship, connecting, and serving, flowing out of the two greats, love God, love others, and proclaim who I am. It's kind of this idea of I incarnate loving God and loving others, yeah, and then I proclaim out of who I have become yeah. true. Right. People, you know... If you don't live something, people aren't going to listen to what you say. And so for me to proclaim uh, who Jesus is and to ask people, to invite people to experience this life, this new life in Christ, they first of all want to see... They want to see some fruit. They want to see that it's, Christ has done something in you. That's right. It's working. Before they buy into... That's it. Whatever it, does, it does this work? Right. And... Um, so I, I love our values, and I love the fact that they are adopted from and formed from what is the whole core mission of Jesus Christ, yeah. and that is in His great command and His great commission. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget when I used to work at a, uh, um, a logistics company, and that was really when God started working in my life. Um, I, was, I said I was a Christian, I, but the things I said... The just so many things didn't show that, and over the course of me working there, you know, God was separately working in my life, and they started to see what God was doing in me, and I I wasn't I wasn't necessarily telling them about it, but they could see it, yeah, and they started asking me about it, and it was just it was just so cool. I just thanked God for just what He was doing in my life that I could impact them because again, it's they don't really care about it until they they know. You know, until people can see the fruit of of what God's doing that's in your life. Absolutely right, man. So, that's cool. Yeah. Well, in, in my role here is literally one of our core values. I'm the worship pastor, and so with that, Glenn Packiam is is uh, somebody I follow. He's he's out in, at New Life Church where I was went to school worship school at, and he would always say what we sing shapes what we believe. And you're talking about the love of God. You're talking about 
you know, the, the first eight weeks of this 2019, we went through a real God series where we talked about the attributes of God yeah. and who he is and discovering him. And I will never forget that line from him, what we sing shapes what we believe, because it's so important to sing things that properly, um, theologically put God in the right mindset of people and, That's right. and in their hearts. And so, you know, here at church, as, as a corporate body, it's, it's so important to sing the things, sing truth about Him, That's right. and, then, and then allow it to, to impact us. You know, we can, we can believe these from a corporate standpoint, but anything that, that we believe on a corporate level, it has to be done on an individual and personal level. Right. I hope that out of, like, every single person would be living out these core values in each of their own lives, right? That's, that's the, the point of it. It's not you live out worship, you live out connect, you live out serve. But no, how are we each living out those core values that encompass the Great Commandment and the Great Commission? That's right in our own lives, because he wasn't calling churches to do this. He was calling individuals. That's right. And so for me, you know, we start with worship. That's personal time for me in the morning. I love I love getting up at 5.30 or so, because I've, I've found now with a six-month-old at home that that's the only time that I have usually that's not interrupted. Yeah. So it's prayer. It's being in the Word. And it's, it's worship, it's singing out. I think so often people emphasize simply praying to God and reading his word. But worship is so important, just ascribing to God and just thanking him for who he is, simply who he is, what he's done, and what he's done in your life. And, and we do, you know, prayer is a form of worship, and all of these are a form of worship. But even just singing in the car and just reminding ourselves, maybe it was a song, a church, a song we sung at church this past week, thanking him for his faithfulness, thanking him for, for these things. And so, so for me, worship is lived out really in bits and pieces throughout my day because I'll just try to take a few moments and maybe, like I said, it's in my car. I'll just sing, bless the Lord on my soul and just remind myself of the good things that, yeah. and just keep myself in the proper perspective. I mean, we were, we're going to worship something. We do. The way that we are constructed. The way we're designed. We, we are going to worship something. And so... You know, I would piggyback on what you're saying uh, in my own personal life. Is there space created for taking in his word, hearing from him? Is there space in my life for speaking to him through prayer, but also listening in prayer? And then so am I allowing my heart, which wants to worship so badly, am I allowing it to worship him? Because there are so many other things that I could worship. But it, music's a great way to do that, to allow this powerful gift God's given us to lift us up in our heart and mind to his attributes, to the truth, to what he's done for us, to what I have in my relationship with him. Yeah. Uh, but there's other ways to worship and finding what those ways are. For some people... It's um, being still and quiet, and maybe in the, the, the world that God has created, and allowing nature to, as Psalm says, proclaim His greatness yeah. and goodness. And in those moments, just getting still before Him, uh, as the psalmist would say, and 
knowing that he's God. He's in control. He's good. He's come to be my savior. He tells me every hair on my head is numbered. And through seeing his glorious creation, I'm reminded of those things. But I have to fill my personal life with worship. Absolutely. And I think it's kind of a chicken and egg thing, too, when you talk about Sunday morning for us. Hopefully, people come in who have been worshiping, and they contribute into our worship setting through their praise, through their freedom, through their just proclamation of God. And together we do that. It's so energizing. But on the flip side, too, it might be a week where I'm just down or I'm, I'm struggling or I'm under something. And through the worship of God's people, I am reminded, you know. And so I think we're always in worship corporately giving and taking. Mm-hmm. It's important yeah. to do give and take. But um, I think it creates a whole tenor for our week through our worship. Um, on Sunday morning. I think it's a, how do you love God? Yeah. We love him by, by moving closer to him and worship creates that um, strengthening of a relationship. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So our second core value is connect. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the ways, Chip, that, that you live out? connect in your in your personal life. Yeah, well, especially for me as, as a pastor, I became aware of the fact about five years ago that one of my primary roles as a pastor, not only to preach the word and to lead an organization, but to fil- facilitate discipleship. How can I get the people of God to, as Andy Stanley would say, one another, one another? Mm-hmm. All the one another's of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. How do I get us to live that out? Because that is what God is wanting to create in the body, a community that truly loves one another and in that love supports, encourages, um, even sometimes calls each other to to accountability. Absolutely. Like if I'm straying and I don't see it or if I'm not strong enough to have a friend or a brother come alongside and say, hey, man, I just see this. I'd hate for you to go down that road. You're better than that. There's much more God has for you. And so for me, I, personally, I'm a part of a, a small group that is life-giving. That's important. That time is non-negotiable to me. When I set my schedule, being a part of a small group is central to that. I'm not going to allow that time to be robbed from me because I need to one another, um, one another, and I need them to pour into my life. And uh, Ephesians says that the way that we become mature in Christ is when everybody uh, enters into the body, uses their gifts and talents, and pours into one another. That's the process. That's the mechanism God uses for us to be strengthened and become mature in Christ. Edifying one another. I need you to help me get to where I'm supposed to be. And so... We definitely try to create a, an environment here at the church of uh, connecting. And um, out of that, then we are always looking to connect with everybody. And as we connect and live it out, it's easy to then proclaim to people you've built relationships with, hey, just want you to know the best thing in the world is the grace and love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fulfilling that great commission then comes out of having right. developed relationships with people. 
Right. I mean, it's really hard to walk up to somebody's door and tell them about the love of God when they don't know who you are and you don't know who that is. Sometimes yeah. that works, very, not very often at all, you know? Yeah, I'm trying to find a, uh, a quote just, uh, that I came across yesterday in reading. It said, um, it says, time is the fertilizer of authentic relationships. It's good. And how that flows into into discipleship, into connecting with one another, because you've got to invest time. Yeah. You've what got kind to of fertilizer time. is that? It's not manure, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so when I think about, about connecting, I think about what are some of the things that prevent us from connecting. And it's crazy in today's day and age how many distractions and how many things are out there, whether it's Netflix. Even social media can be a, a tool of isolation, something that was meant to bring us together Really, because we put up this facade, this this fake identity of who we are, it's a highlight reel of our lives, pretty much. Or it's a it's an avenue, if you're on Twitter, to just Event. pop off. Yeah. And so, um, which is so divisive sometimes. That does not create community often. No, 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 absolutely not. Because you end up following the people you, you yeah. agree with, and it just makes more enemies than, than anything. But but with those, all those distractions, obviously with podcasting, trying to use social media as a tool to um, to, to help shape and influence, uh, maybe spur conversation and, and 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 stuff. But how do we make disciples without church, without the body, without being together? Again, talking about isolation, it's extremely hard to do. And I know there's people out there that say, "Well, I don't need church to be." A Christian, but here's the deal: I don't have to live with my wife to be married to her. But, I, but that never crossed my mind that I wouldn't live with her. I wouldn't spend time with her because I love her, and because I want to grow closer to her. I mean, if you're you're not really married if you're not living with her. I mean, absolutely, te- technically, absolutely. but the whole and goal so, of companionship of marriage is talking to, about Ephesians. Talking yeah. about the body of Christ, why with Christ as the head and the church being the body, why wouldn't you want to be a part? That's my question. All right. And I think it's how do we do the bare minimum pretty much of, of getting by to, for this eternal reward rather than, and, and unfortunately then you've just missed the point totally. Absolutely. Of the love of God, of the great commandment and the great commission. Yeah, and I've had, I've had any number of people tell me, you know, I'm all into Jesus, but I can't can't take the church. Then you don't know Jesus. That's exactly right. And I just want to look at him and say, you've not really read the New Testament because there is no relationship with Jesus outside of his relationship with his, He's his, got, his bride. He has some strong the opinions church. about his bride. And that's Absolutely. the same idea of you trying to be my friend, but you hate my wife. That's it's right. like, hey, man, like... She's a part of me. That's right. We are we are one. That's right. So yeah. So I think I think connect is so important. I think navigating through the distractions, making it intentional, and really how you spend your time is 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 evidence of of what you value. Going back to the core values, it's yeah. not just words on the wall, but it's it's actually investing time and allowing that to to shape. And again, I look back over my life. And by taking these intentional, uh, making these intentional decisions, 
to be a part of small groups, to spend time with my brothers and sisters. My life is so much more full. The memories, the relationships, the friendships. Amazing the doors that he opens and the way that. I can't imagine my life without those things. Yeah. It would be really dull, really boring, and um, not very fulfilling. And so, again, his command to us to pour into each other becomes his promise for a fulfilling and a life-giving experience of this of this life we're supposed to live. Yeah, definitely. What's the last one? Serve. Yeah. So, and listen, I got into ministry because I saw this exemplified in my parents' lives. They are not, I'm not a PK, I'm not a pastor's kid like you are, but um, man, my mom was a church secretary and um, my dad served on a, a bunch of boards and my mom as well. And tell you what, man, just watching the way that they serve and they live their life in the way that they prioritized Christ's bride and others and just their true love for others and wanting um, wanting people to know Jesus. It was so impactful to me that um, it's crazy. The thing that I'm doing full time now, I was so overjoyed to do for free because I just absolutely loved um just the opportunity to serve others, to use my the gifts that he's given me, to develop those and with excellence, and um, it's just it's just so important that we live that out, not only for ourselves and to grow spiritually, personally, but for others right. to really to be for others because somehow God is using me, my life, the things that He's giving me for others, and it would be so selfish of me to to just hide those and to pack those away and to use those for my own personal gain without any thought of what I can do for the kingdom. And again, core to who we are as uh, human beings created in God's image is if we always need to worship something, Mm -hmm. we always are looking to make a difference, to be significant. We long to be a part of something that is bigger than just us. You know, you and I are headed out after this podcast to Rotary which is a community organization that's built around the idea of service. Above self. Yeah, and guys, ladies from all walks of life, all businesses come together because we're energized by the idea of making a difference in our community. How much more is the idea of being a part of the eternal kingdom of God? I mean, that's significance beyond what we can ever imagine. I get to be a part of something that makes an eternal impact and difference. And um, that's why we believe that as Christ came to serve and to give his life in service, that as his people and in his kingdom, we gladly, joyfully serve one another and we serve our world as an expression of the love that God has shown to us and is showing to this world. And uh, I get to be a part of something that is way bigger than what I ever could have pulled off in my own strength or my right. own abilities or my own little life. And I know for me, and I, you know, I've been on a, a mission trip to Haiti and some other places, and it's amazing when I go to serve how much God ministers to me and how much more I'm blessed yeah. by the people that I serve. 
it's crazy. I come back and I'm totally renewed and refreshed and I'm like, man, God, thank you for, for just allowing me to be part of what you're doing. Yeah. I never felt exhausted as far as just, man, that was a drain. I'm glad that's over with, but I've always felt like just so energized when I've come back and I don't, I don't know how you feel Absolutely. after mission trips, but Absolutely. it's the same thing. It's I'm going here, I'm raising these funds for months and months to serve somebody that I'll never see again, probably because of Jesus. That's right. Again, God's commands become God's promises. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'll love me and serve people like I did, you experience this fulfilling, yeah. life-giving, energizing purpose in your own life where you're just like, yeah, this is how I was supposed to live. This is what yeah. life is about. Yeah. Getting outside of yourself. So much. That brings life. And uh, we want to be an, an organization, not just in our personal lives and the personal lives of our people, but then corporately together, figuring out ways to... Uh, serve as a body and to give individuals a place to serve and then as a church serving and bringing tremendous kingdom purpose into our lives in those ways and making a difference yeah living beyond our own lives yeah uh, in such a powerful way with that being said uh, we just want to let you know and and for those of you who attend NAPNAS you'll you'll see this but we want to live this out in a very tangible way. And so a Sunday in May, May 5th, uh, instead of coming and, and worshiping and, and hearing the word proclaimed uh, in a normal Sunday morning setting, we're going to come and just gather together, uh, get organized that morning, which we'll have everything organized, but kind of come together for a quick yeah. 10 minutes. And then we're going to spread out into this community and just serve people serve uh, people who serve in our local governments. We're going to serve our community through helping uh, in tangible ways. We're going to visit nursing homes. Yeah, I think it'll be great. And it's going to be so much fun. We're calling it like a Serve Sunday. This is who we are. And so we need to make space, even in our corporate meeting times, to just get back to together as a group serving, reminding us of this value, incarnating who we are and showing our community that we are more than just talk we're action yeah and we love them and we want to show Christ's love to them yeah. Even so I'm excited about I that. was inspired we were we were walking around our, the neighborhood that just kind of adjacent to the church here just sharing with the people uh, in our just small context of community on this side and uh, I had an opportunity to uh, talked with a lady and had an opportunity to pray with her. Absolutely. I shared with her what we were doing. Um, she was familiar with a church, obviously. I can see her house from <laughs> from our parking lot. But um, she, I had an opportunity to pray over a, a, a heart condition that she was having. And it was just so cool. It's like, God, if this is the only thing that we get out of this Serve Sunday, an opportunity to pray for people and just let them know that you're for them and that they're loved, it's so worth it. And right there is great commission. So, yeah. You being able to loving God and loving others, then going out and sharing and spreading and teaching about that love and coming alongside somebody. That's what we're about. 
worship, connect, and serve. So figure out how to live those core values out in your own life. Be about those core values. Don't just don't just say them to yourself, but actually think about how how am I living those out? How am I pray over that? Don't be Enron. Don't be Enron. <laughs> Live it out. Don't be something different than your core values. That's right.